Hey, everybody, it's MJ, and I'm back again talking about when I was a substitute teacher, and, you know, it was really rewarding. It really was. Um, I did a lot. I covered a lot of ground in um, a one year's time as a substitute. I can't say that I will want to do it again because, you know, when you're a substitute teacher or just a teacher in general, I have a huge amount of respect for the teachers now. They don't pay these teachers enough or the administrators to put up with these kids. I'm sorry. I was always taught that, you know, you have to have some home training and the parents have to raise the children's school and the teachers are not there to raise your kids. They're there to get an education. And, at the you know, the climate that we live in now, just the things that are going on and occurring, it's just not enough for me to want to be in any type of school environment or system. But my hats are definitely off. And I know a lot of educators out there. And my hats are off to them for, you know, just being real troopers out there. So I salute you, ladies and gentlemen. And I just, you know, pray for you guys every day and just, you know, pray that everything works out. But you could not pay me enough to go back into the school system because those kids ran me up out of there for the most part. So there's one story in particular where I was dealing with. High school kids. Now, if you've been listening to me, and I know you have been, um, and all my adventures and crazy stories, I started doing substitute teaching and trying to learn how to navigate the system. And again, I'm an old private school, Catholic school kid, so I didn't know anything about public school and this thing called OCS. So anybody out there know what OCS is? And I pro- I'm probably saying it. I, I I have to come back and check it. But it was OCS, I'm pretty sure. But it was basically the school where they send the bad kids. The kids that are on probation and parole and all kinds of mixed up stuff. So if they were in school and they weren't fit to stay in the regular school, they would send them to specific schools here that basically dealt with, you know, the naughty kids, I guess. I'd never experienced this. So I accepted it because it was a long-term assignment. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to keep getting bouncing around. And, you know, the thing about when you're a substitute teacher is that you have to go so many days of work in order for your money to stay the same. So your money may start off so much an hour. But if you get a long-term assignment, then your hourly wage goes up. And then it kind of goes into like maybe like you make $200 or $300 for the day. So the goal always as a substitute teacher back in the day was to make sure that you had a long-term assignment. So that's why I picked this this particular school because it was a long-term assignment. It was for three months. Okay. All right. Well, the first clue should have been where there were, it was kind of dark and, you know, not well lit in the school. And when I pulled up, It looked kind of run down. So I was like, oh, man, I messed up again. I picked the wrong place. But okay, let me go in here. I committed. So let me go in here. So they come in. They give me my badge. They were like, okay, here's a telephone. I said, a phone? What do I need a phone for? They said it was a a phone and a duo. It had a walkie-talkie to it. So I'm like, what do I need this for? And the guy looked at me and he was like, the principal, he's like, in case you need to call for help. 
<laughs> what? Call for help for what? This is school. What are you talking about? He was like, oh, you don't know what kind of school this is? I was like, no. He said, this is where they send all the bad kids. He was like, we got all kind of people in there. I guess, I don't know if he was trying to scare me. Killers, robbers. I mean, you name it, we've got it. So I'm just standing there looking at him like, are you serious? He was like, I'm dead serious. So he said, if they get out of hand, you hit the walkie-talkie and call for help. We have um, resource officers. So at the time of these schools, they didn't have police officers, and but they had resource officers, and they would come in. So the first thing I said, well, do they have guns? And he was like, no, we don't have any guns, but they know how to handle the kids. So just click the button, call for help, and we'll come. <sighs> so I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Okay. So I go into classroom. I'm like, okay. Got to get my poker face on because at this time I'm young. I'm in my early 20s. So I look like the students at this time. So I had my hair pulled back in a ponytail. And I remember I was walking down the hallway one day and the guy yelled at me. was like, hey, get to class. And I had to turn around. I was like, I'm a teacher. I'm not a student. So that's how young I looked. So I go into the classroom. I'm like, okay. And these kids stay in the classroom with you all day. So they don't change classes and you keep the same group of kids all freaking day. Ugh. Anyway, so I go in, I put my Chicago face on. I'm like, okay, hey, this is my name. I write my name on the blackboard. I'm like, I got a pamphlet because they're, you know, all their schoolwork is in some kind of binder or pamphlet or whatever. It's not like you're teaching anybody. You're just baby, basically babysitting all day. So we do this for a few days. We get into a routine. The kids are obnoxious and rude. I'm steady having to yell and project my voice and telling them to sit down and be quiet and, you know, get my bluff on, get my Tony Soprano on. And I've got probation officers. I get them. I get probation and parole. Excuse me. Confused. But whatever. The people to come visit you. People coming in for kids. And so one of the kids looked like he was a baby. He was just so, looked so innocent. And I asked one of the guys who came, he was like, yeah, I need to talk to him, whatever. I'm like, well, what did he do? He was like, he stole a car. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, he's a thief. He steals cars. So that's why he's on probation, parole, whatever, probation, I think. Probation. I'm like, okay, whatever. These kids are wild. So I've had incidents where I've had to, like, jack these kids up. And what I mean by jack the kids up, because you're not going to be disrespectful. And if I tell you to do something, I'm going to give you three warnings. And then after that, we're taking it outside. So I had to get with a few of them and get them up in the corner and get in their face and be like, OK, you're not going to be disrespectful. You got to, you know, do what you need to do. Just do your pamphlet. Let's get through the day and get on up out of here. So there were several. I'm just giving you setting the tone instances where disruptive. I take you out. One time I did have to call for help, though. So in my classroom, there were ceiling to mid-level windows. So the window you could actually open. So if you're sitting in a desk, the window seal would be to like your shoulders, to the last row of kids that were sitting up, that were sitting in front of the windows. And outside the window was the actual 
playground. I call it a playground. I don't know what they really call it, but it's the playground. So they would have recess outside. So during recess time, you could hear when the kids would actually go to recess and lunch. You could hear it through my window. So there was a fight one day. And somebody looked out the window and saw it was their friend in a fight. Some girls. And one of the students was like, they never called me by my name. And they were like, miss, miss, my girl's outside fighting. I got to go out here and jump in. I'm like, "Uh, no, you're not. You're going to sit in this classroom and mind your business. I ain't got nothing to do with you. And you better not open that window. Homegirl was like, screw you. Opened the window and proceeded to climb out the window to jump off in the courtyard to go help a girl have this fight. Okay. So I'm just like dumbfounded, like, wow. Okay. So the fight, I guess, got so I didn't bother to call. I didn't use the walkie talkie. I was just like, well, whatever. I'll deal with her when she climbed back through this window. The fight got so intense. They were fighting in the window. So she has basically thrown some kid and wedged her up. Another girl wedged the girl and like punching the girl in the windowsill. By this time, the other kids get all riled up. And they're all, I mean, it's total, complete chaos. Some other girls jump in. They're all beating the girl in the head. And I'm having to push the button. I don't know if you heard my other stories, but I'm never great in an excitable situation. So I'm pressing the walkie-talkie, screaming, trying to call. I don't know. I throw the phone down, just start running down the hallway, screaming, help. OCS got people, the resource people come, break everybody up. I mean, it's just total chaos, just total chaos. I was just like, what have I got myself into? And every day I'm thinking, I'm going to quit this job. I'm just going to quit it. Then I'm like, no, I need the money. I just got bought me a new car. I got to pay my car note. (sighs) Okay, so that was that day. Next day, they've got a test. So I have the pamphlet, the little book. I'm walking through. I'm giving them instructions. I say, this is what you need to do. You've got so many minutes to finish the test. Once I pass it out, get your pencils out or your pen or whatever they're doing. No talking. Once I put it on your desk, no talking. Quiet. Zero. Nothing. Okay. I'm walking back and forth. You know, going up and down the aisles, monitoring, make sure no cheating and all that kind of stuff. I hear a bunch of laughing. So I'm like, what's so funny? And everybody's like, oh, nothing, nothing. So... It's, it's a little bit more commotion. So I'm like, what is, I said, didn't I tell you all to be quiet? We're taking the test. People trying to actually pass the test and do what they need to do. Just be quiet. This one kid raising his hand. Miss, miss, miss. Put your hand down. Whatever it is, it can wait. Finish the test. Another kid. But miss, raising their hand. But miss, 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 I've got something important to tell you. I said, whatever you have to tell me can wait until after the test. Be quiet. Do your test. Go back over to the other side of the room. Miss. I turn around. I'm like, didn't I tell you to be quiet? What is it? What is so important that y'all keep trying to tell me? 
All we wanted to tell you was that your ponytail is over there in the corner on the floor. What? Yeah. So I did say that I would wear my hair back in a ponytail. It was a clip on. And so I guess I had kept flipping and flopping and turning my head that my hair fell off and I didn't even know. And they were trying to just tell me that my hair was on the floor. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is? Real embarrassing. I'm just yelling at these poor kids, shut up, be quiet. So in typical fashion, I went and I snatched my ponytail up off the floor, shook it out, clipped it back in. I said, thank you and go back to taking your test. And that's it. That's just another crazy day in my substitute world. You can reach me at put a pin in that 72 on Instagram. And until then, put a pin in that until you listen again. Talk to you soon.